And we are live for the 146th episode of the Bronx Marmor Battle Podcast, presented to you by Six Pack Coverage. I'm your host, Matt Loves Luigi. And tonight, it's Andrew and I. And Andrew, it's been a minute. Has been a while, man, but um, it's not, not, not a hell of a lot of, yeah. of good to be talking about with this yeah. team this year, despite their record, despite where they are in, in the standings. Um, it's just... It's one of those years where watching baseball every night feels more like a chore than something you do to break away from the stress of your everyday life. Yeah, like it's like I said, it's been a while, right? It's been a few weeks since we've done an episode. But, you know, in terms of the vibe, in terms of like the feel and how we feel about this team, not much has changed. Right. Um, We're recording this probably 10, 15 minutes after the Yankees fell to the Red Sox Sunday night baseball. To drop their second straight series of the week, right? They dropped two or three to the White Sox, and they dropped two or three to the Red Sox to fall. So now they are 38 and 29, third place in the AL East, nine and a half games back of the Rays. And it's see, like that's the thing. It's so much more than just the record, and just obviously Judge has been out right for this past week. The you know crashing into the wall, and you know he he could be out for. You know, who knows, probably till the All-Star break. It's like an injury that fully needs to heal. But the sad thing is, and the thing that just bothers me so much, is that this is just the same team every year, right? The same team that's just always one Aaron Judge injury away from having, like, you know, I mean, this offense right now the Yankees are putting out night in and night out is a bottom third offense in the league, maybe even, like, bottom that, fourth, bottom generous, fifth. Yeah. yeah, like, it's... It's awful. I mean, tonight, they, you know, they lose 3-2. They have three hits total in the game. All were in the first three innings, right? And the two runs off they got the were off they didn't of, even deserve. Yeah, off just, you know, Jose Trevino hitting the base and getting two runs. It's, it's just a bad product right now, man. And like you said, look, have they gotten bitten by the injury bug? Of course. Of course they have. But, you know, that happens more years than not, it seems like, right? I mean... You just go through all the guys just on offense, like we'll go on pitching, right? Obviously, Carlos Rodon, we haven't even seen yet this year. But, you know, Judge, Bader, Stanton, Rizzo, Trevino, all these guys have missed time. Donaldson, this is like literally your starting, you know, starting nine you're listing. And all these guys have missed time. And obviously the most significant one being Judge. And yeah, you just see like, you know, someone I think I saw someone tweet tonight that you know, Judge should ask for another $360 million because this <laughs> offense is literally just nothing without him, and it's true. It's literally unbelievable that you watch this offense without Aaron Judge, and obviously it's one player, and obviously, like, you look at, like, the, you know, the numbers, well, it's like he only adds this much production, but it's just so much more than that because when you watch this offense without Judge, it's, you really don't know. I'm like, man, we're getting a hit tonight. Are we getting a run tonight? And, you know, like, from the fourth to tenth inning tonight, there were zero hits. And yeah, just, just think about even like 10 days ago, right? They went on that West Coast trip and they won, what was it, four to six at Seattle and then at the Dodgers. Yeah, at the Dodgers. Um, and and they looked really, really good in, the, in those two wins against Seattle. I think they got blanked in the, in the, in the last one, but you know, those are going to happen every once in a while. But like they scored 10 runs in the other games, uh, dropped that first game against the Dodgers, the game that Seve got blessed in the first inning, but they came back and won the next two. Uh, you're getting contributions up and down the lineup, and then as soon as Judge goes out, it just seems like, you know, we we, we fired off from our from our our Twitter account tonight. Like you could swap rosters with Scranton Wilkes-Barre, and 
arguably not even notice the difference from what the team does from an offensive standpoint. Uh, even, even like you have big name stars in there still, right? Like Glaber Torres, former top prospect in baseball is kind of just there. He, he has his moments, but then he has periods where he's just a warm body, right? Rizzo has not been the same since his neck injury running into Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, in that San Diego series, like two or three weeks ago. In fact, he's in his longest hitless streak of his career right now, right? Donaldson, Hit a couple home runs when he came back off the aisle, but he still looks like he's cooked. John Carlos Stanton, when he's in the zone, he's really good, but far too often he's hurt. And then in the, the weeks he comes back from the injured list, he looks terrible against. So you have these big names in the lineup, but it doesn't actually amount to anything. It's just, it, it really is painful it, it, to, to watch this team. It, it's a bad brand of baseball. And it's miraculous that this team is nine games over 500 where they are. It's, it's all because of the pitching, obviously, right? But I don't want to give any individual person outside of like two or three relievers and Garrett Cole, any credit for, for where this team is at, because it's just like, like I mentioned a bad brand of baseball. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as that. It's a very bad brand of baseball. And remember we said at the beginning of the year that we kind of knew, even with judge, obviously having the year he did, we knew that if this team was going to succeed, it was going to be, because the starting rotation was amazing. And obviously the bullpen, we, you know, we all expected the bullpen to be, you know, top five, top eight unit in the league. Like they almost always are. And they have been right. Even with guys like Ian Hamilton going down um, there have, you know, uh, Clay Holmes started the year a little cold, but he's been very good lately. Kings had some hiccups, but overall the bullpen has been very good. But you look at the starting rotation. Now, obviously Cole was on fire to start the year. But he's sizzled down a little. Still having a very good year, right? Still probably going to be an all-star. But, you know, if the season ended today, and I know we're only, you know, about 70 games in, but if the season ended today, like, your number two starter is Domingo Herman. And, you know, Domingo Herman has had some good starts. He has a 3.49 ERA in the year, .99 whip, right? He's been, you know, pretty good overall. But, how, I mean, obviously, <laughs> when he's not, he's had, he's had the, the cheating incidents, obviously. And... You know, the point is, we know what Domingo Herman is, right? We, we, we know what, what what he is as, as, as a pitcher. And as of now, like, obviously, I know Rodon is thrown on the mound, and he could be back before the All-Star break, I know. But at the end of the day, he still hasn't thrown a pitch all year. And, like, right now, your rotation, your, your top three, with Nestor out, with Seve being what he is, your top three is Garrett Cole, uh, Domingo Herman, and Clark Schmidt. And credit to Clark Schmidt, he has pitched well his past, like, four or five starts. It seems like every start now he goes out and gives, like, five, six innings, one or two runs. So really doesn't get a lot of length. Out. You don't really don't get a lot of length out of him, but he has, you know, he has done well. over. The, so you got to give him that credit. But still, the point is, this is a team that has a $300 million payroll. And you have guys like Domingo. You're, we're literally not even halfway through the season. And we have guys like Domingo Herman and Clark Schmidt in the rotation. We have Willie Calhoun leading off, right? We have, you know, times last month we had DJ LeMahieu who had like a below a 700 OPS hitting cleanup. Like these are just things that you just look at and you go, like people who don't watch this team and don't follow this team like we do will say like, oh, well, the Yankees are still 38 and 29. Like what are they complaining about? But it's like, dude, we watch this team and we know like the inner, we see the writing on the wall. Right. Like this team, like you go through the year all year like this and yeah, you might win 90, 95 games. You might, you know, make some noise and win a playoff series. But this is just is not sustainable. Like good teams have a consistent lineup throughout the year, have an identity, have like they know what they're going to do. They know who they are. And the Yankees just don't have that. Like if I would have told you at the beginning of the year that, hey, 
mid June. Like we're gonna like the outfield's gonna be Billy McKinney, Jake Bowers, like IKF. Like you'd be looking at me like, what the fuck? I'll be I'd be like, who who's Jake Bowers? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like one and like look, mm-hmm. credit to the like B- Billy McKinney's been great. Jake Bowers, th- these guys are exceeding expectations for sure. But those expectations are literally in hell, right? Like it's these guys are come they'll come up and do and this you know this has been a thing with the Yankees for years, right? Whether it's Luke Voigt, Mike Ford, whoever the whoever it may be. These guys will come in with no expectations and they'll, you know, they'll do well for a little bit. And then people are like convinced, like, oh, my God, these guys are like the second coming of Albert Pujols. And, you know, well, well that's and, and they're not 2019. There's, there's a reason this, right? these guys were just, you know, not in the big leagues at this time last year. These guys were career so much of our fan right? base expects every every nobody to be the next. Gio Urshela to be the next Cameron Maven, right? Like you're not just going to pull these guys off the scrap heap and suddenly get like above average production over the course of 140 games from, from so, so many players. Like Occasionally you're going to catch lightning in a bottle. Sure. But even then it may only last three weeks. It may last a month. You're not going to get it for five months. And look, credit to the Yankees. And they talked about on the broadcast tonight that they had, a bunch of this quote unquote depth, right? Cause even now we're looking at the line and you're like, well, this team doesn't have any depth, right? But the fact that they've sustained as many injuries as they have, and they're not playing a full roster of double a players, right? So there is some level of depth in there. So to credit them for actually building that up in the off season, but the level of players that they've built the depth on, right? You're not losing Josh Donaldson and then getting another guy playing five to 10% above league average at third base. You're, you're having to figure out, uh, well, do we, do we move IKF back to third? Do we, do we go to Oswaldo Cabrera back in the infield? He was originally starting left field at the beginning of the year. He hasn't hit at all. Peraza came up for a little bit, got hurt. Uh, it's just been one thing after another with this team. And yeah, you said it. Like that was the, the the biggest point that we can make all night tonight is that casual fans will look at their record and be like, well, what the hell are you complaining about? Because they're nine games over 500. They're still in the playoff picture. But you look at this team night in and night out and you don't feel good about it, right? Like I don't give a shit what their record says they are. I don't care what their payroll is or who we have on the roster, the quality of the name brands, right? Like I sit down to watch this team on a nightly basis and I'm not satisfied, right? Like there's been teams in the past, like you look at the, when they missed the playoffs three out of four years, 13, 14, and 16, those teams you knew, like well, 13, they were murdered by injuries in spring training, right? But even the other teams, like they were just, shit like they had absolutely no talent at all right outside of like cano and then he bolted um and you kind of just had to make do these players were scrappy they fought joe Girardi kind of really squeezed every drop of juice out of the orange right this team they should be capable of doing more and like tonight you mentioned three hits one of them was a fraudulent hit because it bounced off the bag and ricocheted into left center field that drove in the only two runs they didn't get a hit after the fourth inning in the game went to, to 10 innings and they lost in extras right um aaron boone continues to make very questionable decisions, both with the with the bullpen and even the lineup. Like someone in our chat mentioned tonight, John Carlos Stanton pinch hit for um, who started it short tonight. I'm blanking on it. Uh, I I'm, I'm also blanking on it. Let me look it up real quick. It wasn't Cabrera, right? Was it? It might have been Cabrera. Oh yeah, it was Oswaldo. Yeah. So see, he's only played. He hasn't played nearly as many shortstop games as, as I don't even expect him there anymore. So it was Cabrera tonight. So Stanton pitched him from and I and I said like, oh, there's no way this at bat ends in anything other than a strikeout or a ground up to shortstop, right? Yeah. And like, what'd you know? Hard ground ball right to the shortstop. Done. Mealy got yanked. His spot in the lineup cycles around. 
to Anthony Volpe, who made the final out of the game. Now, I'm not saying that Stanton would have saved the day. You know, it had a two-run home run to walk that game off. But you, Volpe's – we don't have to get into that. Like, he struggled, and you got to just work through the growing pains, right? Um, but he, you don't feel comfortable with him in that spot. You feel a little bit better with Stanton, and then you boo the shit out of him when he, when he doesn't come through. But at least, you know, you have the guy making 25 to $30 million with the game on the line up at the plate against uh, a quality reliever in Chris Martin. And just like every decision Boone makes ends up blowing up in his face more often than not, whether it's trying to steal outs, questionable lineup decisions. And I, I, we could go on and on about this thing. And I, and I don't want to make this 45, 50 minutes of us just bitching about the team, but like, what else is there good to say? Right. Like there's some bright spots. Like Jimmy Cordero's looked pretty good. Uh, Clay Holmes looks like he's turning it around. Um, but uh, I, there's really not a whole lot of good to talk about this team right now. Yeah. Um, especially after this week, um, you know, judge out and just watching this offense, just if you even call it an offense, it, it's been brutal, but here, so obviously I hate Boone as much as the next guy, but like this year, like, man, I, I feel like in years prior when this team was like, you know, they had a great team like 2019 or 20, you could kind of complain about Boone a bit more because you're like, dude, we have a championship level team. I don't really think this is a championship level team like this roster. Like, th- like, look at these lineups that are putting out, like at a certain point, it's like, all right, like obviously Boone still makes questionable bullpen decisions. Like that's the main complaint. But in terms of like the team's performance, like it's so much more than Boone. Like it's, it's I, I disagree with you there. I think it's actually the complete opposite. When you have a team that's really good and could win in spite of the manager, you can kind of fuck around with your decisions and roll the dice every once in a while, right? Because one or two games isn't going to make or break your season. But like tonight, when you know your offense isn't hitting and the, the Red Sox have the tying run 90 feet away and you don't play the infield in and then, yeah, ground ball, and, and then the tying run scores on a soft ground ball to that second base <laughs> that like could have been cut off at the plate. Like that's where you actually need to be razor sharp. Because of the fact that the talent on the roster isn't enough to just fall into enough wins, right? was, you have to actually drag your team to the win by by smart managerial decisions, and he's not doing that. So it's actually more prevalent this year. No, that's a fair point. But I was so confused with that infield because, like, when that ball is hit, you know, I see Glaber playing black back for a second. I'm like, wait, are there two outs? And I see him, and they're like, oh, but it's a tie game. I'm thinking, like, what the, f- like, why the fuck wasn't the infield in? Like, well, it's a 2-1 game in the eighth inning, and we're probably not scoring again. Like, what? Uh, but like, the, yeah, it's, like I said, I am I just think the team is so bad, like, constructed, like, on the field that I just, like, it's tough for me to complain about Boone. You know, when I'm looking at, like, wow, it's, like, Willie Calhoun, Glaber Torres, like, the, this is the top three of the lineup. Like, and really, like, I get like neck injuries can be nag, but uh, nagging and you, you, you know, they could linger for a, w- a long time, but man, Ant, like one for his Anthony Rizzo, one for his last 30, I think what he, Oh, for his last 23, he hasn't he literally did not get a hit the entire week. I mean, you want to talk about like picking a worse time to go into your career longest slump. Like Aaron judge goes down and you're like, all right, I'm not going to get a hit now. I'm just, I'm not going to hit. And obviously look like we, I've seen a lot of people, and obviously this is such an easy take to have, and like there's no better time to have the take of you know you've seen a lot of people say, oh well, I'm glad we got uh, we picked Anthony Rizzo or we picked uh, him over Freddie Freeman, and like I get it, right? Like obviously Freddie Freeman is a better first baseman, but I, I like you got to remember how how well Rizzo is. Like Rizzo was on par with Rizzo was our best hitter for like the first month and a half of the season. Like he was a better hitter than Judge. 
for like that those first like six seven weeks and obviously judge got hot and he sizzled out a bit but i don't know i think you do have to give rizzo time i think he may need to go back on the il though because i mean if you're one for your last 30 since coming off the il um yeah well, he, didn't like even, he, he didn't even right they set him down for like three days and threw him in Never, yeah they, they, no, i know they, they didn't il him and they he sat out that entire um what was it the seattle series and then they kind of rolled the dice and were like all right he's fine again with la um, yeah, but now he might have missed one game in that series, but like, he hasn't done anything all week, and and you you have to assume he's hurt, right? But, I, but the way this saying. team, the way this team is so weird with injuries, because they're like, oh, well, we don't really know. He might be able to play tomorrow. He might go in the aisle, and then he's out for six weeks. They're like, well, how is he maybe going to play tomorrow, right? And they didn't do that with Rizzo, so it's like, I, I don't, I don't know. This team has no consistency in the way they diagnose and treat injuries, so nothing makes sense. Nope. Nope, nothing makes sense. Um, let's see, what else do we got? Um, let's talk about Volpe. We were just talking about him, obviously, pinch hitting at the end. Um, it's, like, I feel like a week or two ago, it was kind of more to, like, people, you know, because obviously his power numbers are still decent. You know, him having nine home runs is still pretty solid. That's way more than I thought he would have at this point in the year. But, I mean, look, at this point, like, he's, like, you could tell it's, like, the it's just whether it's the pressure, whether it's, you know, him reading too much into like the, you know, people talking bad about him. I mean, it's, he, you could tell he's just lost up there. I mean, his average is down to 186, 260 on base percentage, 345 slugging. It's like, like I said, it's getting another thing. He's like, <laughs> he's really not, like, he's, I think he's only stolen like one or two bases in the past month. And a big part of that. And, he, he's and not he's not walking base. anymore. Either. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, uh, they might have to send him down. I know, obviously, people have been wanting Peraza to come up because he's been doing well in AAA. I th- most likely, I think there's like an eighty percent chance that Peraza just comes up and has similar offense production to Volpe. You know, I think that's like the most likely outcome. Right, I, and, and I get both sides of that argument. Right, it's like yeah, no, I do too. He, he, if he's not good, what good does it do his development to go down and and hit really well in in AAA and then come back up? Like, I don't want to say that he's like the next Tyler Wade, but like, that's the, that's always the risk, right? That a guy like you know, we talked about the, the career quadruple layers, right? Guys who play really well in triple A and can't cut it in the bigs. Like I'm not remotely saying that that's Anthony Volpe at this stage in his career, right? With a 65 game sample size, but like, that's always what your, your fear is that he becomes that. So like, right now you just hope that he just maybe needs to get some season, but that's, that's what people argue. Like, what good is putting him down in triple A? And then when you bring him up again, he struggles. You got to just let him fight through it now and actually figure out the major level. I get that. But at the same time, he's costing you games. He's, He's playing a crucial position. His defense is only decent, right? He's not getting on base, which means he's not being able to steal bases. He's he's not contributing much offensively uh, with his bat outside, like you said, the isolated power numbers. Yeah, it sucks. And I, I do understand that you he's got to work through it and, and figure out major league hitters. But if it becomes psychological where he's in his own head and, and he's feeling the pressure on, on putting extra pressure on himself, then it does not matter. You have to send him down just for that reason alone, just so he can get out of his own head and reset. Even if facing AAA pitchers alone, isn't going to fix him just giving him a, a few weeks away from struggling at the major league level, right? Just to from, reset from the spot, and, just a few weeks away from the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> like just, because, like I said, I don't know, like, you know, you never know, especially with a lot of these, like, younger guys, like, how much they're on social media, like, how much they're reading and all that stuff. And it definitely seemed like the Volpe talk kind of picked up in the last few weeks. And ever since then, he's just been, like, just terrible. So, I don't know. 
it's but the like, problem is that the Yankees have dealt with so much of that this year, right? Like Cabrera was decent in in a in a small sample size last year. Obviously, he had really good outfield numbers with the assists, um, some power, but he was hitting I don't know what like 240, 250. Terrible when he first came up. Then had that stretch where he was pretty good. Has not hit a lick this year. Uh, we talked about even in our chat tonight. There was how many pitches were right down the middle that he like weakly hit to the outfield. It's like, dude, as a major league hitter, I get. Bella had some good stuff, but at 96 mile per hour fastball right down the middle, I'm not saying I could do that because certainly can't. But if you want to cut it in the major leagues, pitch right down Broadway, you got to be able to do something more than hit a soft fly ball with it. Um, yeah. But so the Yankees are dealing with that. It's so many positions, right? The fact that one of our quote unquote better hitters of late has been Willie Calhoun's pathetic. Billy McKinney came up and has gotten an extra base hit, I believe, in every game he started, but I don't think that's sustainable. It's Billy McKinney, right? We've been through this experience with him, and he's been through like three or four other teams since cycling his way back to us from the scrap heap. <sighs> the Yankees need their stars to actually produce. And I get judges out, but you can't be solely reliant. Even when he was, listen, even if he was back and healthy right now, right? They, they still can't be reliant on him. Glaber's got to step up. Stanton has to step up. Donaldson has to step up. Rizzo, assuming he's not injured and needs time away needs to figure it out like there's a lot of talent on this roster that is all shut off at the exact same time yeah. and it's it's just painful to watch yeah i mean just just i'm just going to run through some of the ops of you know the guy the main guys in this team right um obviously judge before i heard was at 1078 obviously phenomenal pretty sure he led the league probably still does bader 806 jake bowers 788 Rizzo, even with Rizzo's lump, he's still at 788, which is just, I mean, he was at like 900 a few weeks ago. It's terrible. Stanton, 77.5. Glaber, 760. Willie Calhoun, 725. Donaldson, 717. DJ, 679. Um, I don't even want to tell you what Jose Trevino's is because it's below 600. And Volpe's is 605. So it's, you know, it's pretty bad. Like, it's, like I said, when you look at, obviously, this doesn't factor into like games played, right? Because like on the, if you look at the Yankees, uh, Billy McKinney's second, he only has five games played. But really, when there's guys that like the sec, you're like the second starter, the second best OPS on your team amongst guys who have played more than 35 games is 788. Like that's that's really bad. Like it's it's we all knew this team wasn't going to be great offensively, but. I mean, man, we we all said we needed like remember I said Stanton was the dark horse. I think someone else maybe said Rizzo was, and you know Rizzo obviously was on that pace and was having a great year. And this neck injury is probably gonna fuck it up because like I like I said, I just can't believe how how much he declined in the past few weeks. I mean, a one through thirty stretch obviously would do that for and, you. And, but, and obviously not having Judge hit right in front of you. Yeah, that too. You, know, you being the protection and then you getting pitches that they don't want to throw to Judge certainly helps. I, I get that, but the injury has to be part of it. Right? You don't just suddenly forget how to hit overnight. And, and then I don't want to understate the impact that, that Harrison Bader, or, or I should say the lack of having him in the lineup, has had, right? Because we saw what he did in the playoffs last year, and we're like, oh, this guy's not going to hit a home run every three games, right? But he came up when he came off the IL this year and looked pretty damn good. And obviously he got hurt again. They say he's close. So maybe that'll help a little bit, but like, is, is he going to fix the offense? No, but like, remember when he came back, oh, was it like early May or maybe it was last week of April uh, when he came off the aisle the first time and the offense was in a similar lifeless rut. He really just gave him a little bit of a spark. Uh, 
is he going to have to be that guy as soon as he comes back? Maybe. And that sucks. You're relying on Harrison Bader to be a core offensive piece instead of just your gold glove center fielder who can occasionally chip in some offense. Right. right. So right now, let's say a fully healthy Yankees team. Like what's the A lineup, right? Trevino at catcher. Rizzo at first. Glaber at second. You know, I assume Volpe at short, assuming he figures it out. Probably Donaldson at third. I mean, at this point, either Powers or McKinney or IKF and left, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, t- it's tough to say who. Bader in center, Judge in right, and Stanton DH. Is that team, is that team like even fully healthy? That's fully healthy, right? It, does that lineup scare you? Is that like a great lineup? I don't know if it scares you. You could definitely get it's five, six runs on any night, but the problem is 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 the volatility, right? Because you know that they're prime mm-hmm. that to to actually just completely shut off on given nights. But like you look at because you know hockey is is wrapping up right now, basketball's finishing up right now. You look at some of these teams that are on the the precipice of championships, right? Like Florida, uh, the, the Panthers won the President's Trophy last year. Were quickly run out of the playoffs, and now they're back with basically the same lineup with the addition of player like Matthew Kachuk and they're mm-hmm. three wins away from winning the Stanley Cup. Vegas was here a couple of years ago, right? So sometimes play you have a bunch of these veterans who, who need to go to the playoffs a bunch and then could just suddenly turn it on. So like, I don't want to discount that fact that like we've seen judge struggle last year. Like if the Yankees get to the playoffs, does that lineup have enough to just flip the switch and all figure it out at once? And then you're the hot team that, that wins the world series. I don't want to say it's impossible, but like on a night, like, you got to think um, from a marathon standpoint, right? Like, Again, if we get to the playoffs, could they figure it out? Sure. But do you feel confident over the next, whatever it is, 90 games that they'll sustain enough offense to even put themselves in that position? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a good way to put it. Like, it's definitely because worse offenses, like worse lineups have won championships. So it's like they definitely are good enough. But, like, the point is, and I said it earlier, it's like this is just the same team, like, every year it seems like now. Right. It's always like a pretty good team. And you say, all right, that's, you know, this, yeah, it's a pretty good lineup. They could win it. But like you see obvious holes. And yeah, it's the next question. Obviously, we'll kind of discuss this more towards, you know, end of June, early July. But is this, is this team going to be buyers at the trade deadline? Because I feel like a lot of the Yankees, if they're not, if they're not under 500, they they will be. Yeah. Like I feel it's it's like passively, like they're going to go out and get a fourth outfielder or, yeah. or, or a reliever. Like, is a that lot's enough gonna, to, to, to a lot's gonna depend on A lot's going to depend on who's hurt and, you know, when, who's, when's coming back, right? Like, obviously, if there's, like, maybe in mid-July, we a key player is out for the year, right? And we need that position, right? Or if, you know, maybe we're relatively healthy and there's not as much of a need for a certain position. Who knows? Yeah, but, but the they, flip side of that coin is if they can sustain – some level of competence. I'm not even going to say they're going to play well, but competency until mm-hmm. the trade deadline. And that's when players come back. We've seen it so many times where they'll spin it as, oh, look, we're finally getting Aaron Judge back. That's better than any trade yep. acquisition we can make. We're Carlos finally getting Rodone, yep. Stanton back from his third aisle. So, you know, and anything, right? Whatever it may be. Carlos Rodon, you can't get a player like that on, on the trade market. And he's immediately mm-hmm. injecting, uh, ejected into our so, into our starting rotation. Yeah, but then you, you still can't like, say they got three hits against the sixth worst pitching staff in baseball. Like, I don't give a fuck how good the pitching staff is. <laughs> <laughs> you got to hit. They're not. Yep. Yep. It's true. Um, well, it's like to not beat a dead horse. Let's wrap this up. Let's let's look at the next series the Yankees have. Right. And it's a two game set against another 
underachieving team. That now, to be fair, we are not as underachieving as this group of group team. This this New York team. Uh, the Mets are currently thirty one and thirty five. They have lost, I believe. No, they they won yesterday, but they lost today. So I believe they've lost eight of nine. Their last nine, yeah. Yes, they've lost eight of their last nine. Um, whew. Yeah, like I said, it's it's kind of tough to like any time I've because obviously I you know know a decent amount of Met fans. Fought, like you see a lot of Met fans on Twitter and. You yeah, know they're going to be insufferable too because they're they're literally ready to jump off the bridge. But if they win one game against the Yankees, they'll be all pompous and cocky again. That's like yeah, that's you know, we're going to deal with that little brother syndrome. And and if and the Yankees, it, it, from from our standpoint, right? If we lose to the Mets, we're like on suicide watch. And if we win, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, thank God, I don't have to deal with that. Like, we're not going to like be rubbing in their face like, yeah, fuck you, yeah, Mets suck. It, it would just be like, if we lose to this team, we're, we're joked. Like, just cancel the season now. Right? Yeah. Obviously, obviously, Alonzo's out. Um, so yeah, no Alonzo or judge, but But wouldn't you know, we're going to get to face Scherzer and Verlander who have both been pretty mid for the the Mets. Can't wait to see them mow down or have been returned to their Cy Young status. I'm not sure if both those guys mows down, but one of those guys, it's, it's, they, they just announced the problems. It's game one is Severino versus Scherzer. I I saw Cole Verlander for Wednesday. Um, yeah, it's. I saw that. You see that stat? I think I retweeted it during tonight's game. The Yankees have already had like I think eighteen pitchers go seven innings or more against them this year, and that was how many uh, they had last year. Like they already matched last season's win total, last season's total for pitchers that have gone seven or more innings against them. Like, isn't that insane? Like, and check this. Mid- All right, so to add on to that stat, sixteen of those eighteen pitchers that have gone seven innings have allowed two runs or less. Like that almost doesn't feel, especially like in today's game where it's like you know got like a lot of guys just don't go seven eight innings right unless like they're ace. But man, like eighteen times that's happened. So like not even seventy games. Like that's like that's almost thirty percent of like our games that that's happened. Like that's wild to think about. So bad, man. It's not good. It's not good. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be Yankees Mets little Subway Series. And, yeah, like I said, you just know the Mets will probably come out and will probably spark their win streak and spark their NLEs comeback. <laughs> and, yeah, that's because that's usually how it goes. But thank God. Another thing that I also notice is the Yankees literally are off every Monday in June. Like, they do not play on a single Monday in June. It's wild. I guess maybe because of like rain, they wanted like dates open for possible rain delays. I don't know, but yeah, just no. The Yankees said no to playing Mondays in June. <laughs> it, I was like looking at the schedule. I'm like, do they play a single Monday? And that is that none of them were even scheduled, or just because of a, of a cancel? Oh no, yeah, I'm looking at yeah, it, you're none, right. none are even scheduled. They just they literally had they had an off day every Monday in June. Wow. Yeah. And it's really, it's like, obviously you don't really notice it when you look at like the list view, but when you look at the calendar view, there's just four mm-hmm. blank spots from Monday. Yeah. You're like, wow. And the last Monday in, oh no, excuse me. That was, that was at Seattle. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think I've ever seen that where for an entire month, they just didn't plan a certain day. 
and then next month they only play on one Thursday. (laughs) Telling you, it's weird. Uh, Andrew, any final thoughts about this wonderful baseball team? I'm really sick and tired of of beating the same drum we were before the season even started. Right? Like, admittedly, we've not been great with keeping up with podcasts, and like there there are things that we haven't really talked about tonight, Um, like the Aaron Hicks DFA. Like he's gone and doing well in, in Baltimore, which is infuriating in its own right. Gary Sanchez has five yep. home runs for, <laughs> for San games. Diego. It's infuriating in its own right. Right. But th- there are little things here and there, but, but generally speaking, nothing has changed. Like we even said early this year, like, is this team good enough to win 90 games? Yeah. Like no one said on the podcast preseason, we're so bad that we're going to finish under 500 for the first time in like 30 years and miss the playoffs. Right. We all said we're, mm-hmm. we'll be decent. There'll be a fringe wildcard team. I don't think anyone thought they'd win the division. We said, we'll be in the, the conversation, but you don't feel good about this team. And lo and behold, we've gotten ruined by injuries and they're still somehow as about on, on pace as the team that we expected, which is maybe encouraging. Like if, if the injuries evaporated, would they be better? I don't know, but it's, it's hard to feel good about this team night in and night out. And, and until something actually changes, whether it be a managerial change or like a big trade or or some kind of hitting philosophical change. I, I don't know. They're going to have to rip off like seven, eight games in a row and you start getting pulled back in. Um, it, it's a good quote. Someone said in our chat like a month ago, right? It's just like, <laughs> you know, the old, um, every every time they think uh, uh, yeah, I'm just, out, like they just, pull me right just, back in. Yep. He's, I think it was what Nick said the opposite. He's like, every time I'm out or every time. I'm, uh, just when I thought I was day. out. They pull me back in. No, but he said the opposite. He said, I just, I just, oh, yeah. I was in, they pushed me back out. Yeah. <laughs> so the, yeah, that's true. And, and that's but, how it feels, right? Because, dude, they were the, yeah, it, they were, I'm pretty sure they had the best record in all of baseball in the month of May. They did. And I think it was towards the end of May, you were like, oh, like Yankees are playing some good baseball. And you're like, oh, yeah, they, okay, and they are. And, that this games, and, think, right. and then this and past week thing. happens, you're like, oh, never mind. Right. Like I, I admittedly, like I'm, I'm still following this, this team every night, but they're like, especially on the West coast. Like I didn't, you know, I I'm staying up. Like I'll, I'll watch a few innings here and there. And then like, I'm not watching, I'm tracking on my phone, but I'm not watching every pitch. Right. right. But, but it, you know, you, you're, you're kind of following it and then you're like, Oh, all right. Well, you obviously had to watch the Dodgers series. They won two or three games there. You feel good. And then you see them lose four to six to Boston, Chicago this week. And you're like, well, it, it, that, so I was right to, to be right. a little tepid about my, my fans, right? It, it, that's that's really how it feels. Like the second they do something good and they kind of draw you back in, they take a steaming dump uh, one night and then you're just like, well, that's it. The steam sucks again. Why do I care? Oh, no. We suck again. Yeah. Yeah, that's all we got tonight. Like I said, we don't want to like beat a dead horse and just kind of go over the same things. Um but, you know, it's good to be back. Uh, we're going to try to be more consistent. Hopefully the Yankees will try to be more consistent, right? Ha, ha, ha. Oh, uh, God. But, yeah. Yankees-Mets Tuesday and Wednesday. Hopefully we get two wins out of that. Hopefully we get good news in the Aaron Judge front. Hopefully Anthony Rizzo's neck miraculously heals. Hopefully Giancarlo Stanton remembers how to hit a baseball. Um, Yeah. So for Luigi, for Andrew. This was the Bronx Mara Bow Podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time.